Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Making It Count. I really appreciate you tuning in and for your support for the podcast. I felt compelled to record this episode for you or perhaps someone you know to help break the people-pleasing cycle. I have been speaking with a lot of people, both men and women lately, who are feeling really exhausted lost and quite unhappy about where they're at. The word reset is being used a lot. It seems as we emerge post-pandemic from lockdowns and restrictions, and after a lot of us have done some soul searching and reassessed our priorities, we know some of what we're doing must change, but we're unsure of how. Some habits we've built up often over a lifetime or a relatively short time, have become part of our comfort zone and can be quite hard to break. Either way, they're not supporting us to lead a life of intention, a life filled with purpose, and also creating a legacy that we're proud of. It seems one of the most prominent habits for many is being a people pleaser. And gosh, I get it. I am what you would call a recovering people pleaser. I was a people pleaser my entire life until probably my late 30s when I realized I'd lost connection with who I was at the core. It started with having this deep need to please my parents. I hated being in trouble. Now, I would exclude my teens from this as I seemed to revel being in trouble, (laughs) But I really hated feeling like my parents were mad at me or worse, disappointed in me. This extended to friends, then into my working life and ended up becoming a bit of a problem when I started leading people. I would go to great lengths to please the people in my orbit. I would conform to their beliefs and opinions. I'd be scared to disagree if I didn't support what they were saying. I would say yes to things I knew I should say no to because I thought they would like me if I said no or I would actually disappoint them. I would also allow people to cross boundaries they shouldn't with me and treat me in a way that was often disrespectful or not up to my standards. Not that they would have even known what my standards were because I compromised my priorities and my standards for theirs to make sure that they would like me. And all of this was in an effort to keep other people happy. And over time, this really ate away at my happiness, at my confidence, and it really impacted my life. I'd based my happiness on external factors, ensuring that people liked me and were happy with me. If situations came up where I was going to have to disappoint someone, the anxiety levels were high. 
gosh, my heart would start thumping. (laughs) The stress levels rose and I wouldn't sleep. I would put off situations where I had to say no until the very last minute, which of course made the situation so much worse. And then I would worry about it for days and days if someone wasn't happy with me. It would really, really impact me. It was exhausting. And whilst others may have been happy in their worlds, having their needs met, I wasn't happy and I didn't have my needs met. You know, I was really, really quite lost. Throughout the more than three decades of trying to please and what I was unaware of that I was doing was effectively being a different person for different people. I was wearing so many different hats. I put one hat on for my parents, another one for friends, then another on for a different friend, and then one on for work, then another on for family, and so on. And I was tired. And, um, you know, you might resonate with that, you know, particularly if you're you know, a working parent where you've got one hat on for the kids, one hat on for the husband, one hat on for work or, you know, one hat on for your wife. It can just, you just get so confused. And it started becoming really evident for me when groups of friends would meet each other and comments would be made like, oh, wow, I didn't know you did that. Or I didn't know you believed in that. Or I didn't know you went there. And this created the fact that I had a really, really confused personal brand. And when that happens, it becomes very, very confusing for people. And it makes them feel like they don't know the authentic you. It's like, are you putting on a a front or a charade for me? Like, do I actually really know you? It makes them question that. And I'll talk more about that later. That was one thing to do it in my personal life. But when I started leading people, which was in my early 20s, and it was very early on in my leadership career, that's when it became very, very complicated for me. And I understood the impact it had on others. I started to see through my need to please that I was really frustrating my team. I would have trouble making decisions. I was what I would say easily manipulated in particular situations. I had trouble reinforcing boundaries and holding people accountable. All of the things you need for high performance. But worst of all, I wasn't earning the trust and the respect of my team. And this is what you want and what you need as a leader. It is to be respected, not liked. Now, luckily, these realizations hit me in the face early on in my leadership career and through some really good mentoring because it just was so much harder than it should be. And I cleaned up my act in that space. I wasn't so fast on the personal front, but I'm pleased to say that now I'm no longer a people pleaser. What I can assure you is when you do stop people-pleasing, it is not only liberating, but it is so good for your mind, body, and soul. That is something I can assure you. Well, it's certainly something that I have experienced through stopping 
to being that people pleaser. Now, of course, I didn't go cold turkey. People pleasing for me was my comfort zone. It's what I knew and what I did well. So it was a slow move for me from pleasing to be respected in my personal life in particular. Now, I believe that is a really key distinction and that is often a transition in mindset. You should be aiming to be respected in life as well, not necessarily liked, you know, particularly in the workplace, but also in your personal life. The fact is that you cannot please everyone. It is impossible and you lose too much time, waste too much energy and squander too much of your precious life in doing so. You know, last year after I was diagnosed with cancer, realization still came to me where I was pleasing others more than I was pleasing myself. And it was still across my personal life, but it also did extend into my professional life. And this came back to not being crystal clear on what my priorities were and doing things out of a misguided sense of obligation rather than being really purposeful and intentional with my actions. Now, I do believe that COVID did influence that, but it also happens when diaries start getting really chock-a-block full of appointments and when you're just running around chasing your tail, that's when you can start falling back into bad habits. Another big realization for me, together with how lost and lonely I felt, which is what I share in my book, Busy, I share part of this journey, was what I mentioned before, which was having a confused personal brand. Now, this is not good. Your personal brand is the strongest currency that you have to deal with. It's the words and associations that people will use to describe you when they hear your name. So it's how they talk about you and it's how they talk about you when you're not in the room, which is key. Now, having a consistent personal brand or leadership brand is key to building trust with others and allowing other people to get to know the authentic you, not the one you feel that you have to be in front of them. It is who you are at the core. It is particularly detrimental for leaders because if you are showing up as one person one day, then another the next, it is super confusing for your team and erodes trust, which is key to high performance and of course, staff retention. So for me, this happened because I lost connection to who I was. I didn't know who I was at the core. What were my values? What was important to me? I'd lost that important and intimate connection to me. And to be honest, it was really frightening and I felt really, really isolated. I was looking outside of me for my happiness. And that just doesn't work because when you can't find it, when you can't achieve that, that really impacts every component of your life. The second thing was I didn't know what I stood for. What was important to me, I had no idea. You know, what were my standards and what would I and what wouldn't I compromise? It's really important to know that, what you would and wouldn't. Because knowing this enables you to teach people how to be with you. And it also helps you 
understand how you need to support yourself in the first instance. And the third thing was I didn't have a solid foundation to stand on. And this is important for confidence. And of course, confidence is the key thing that so many people want more of. Being able to anchor yourself to a solid foundation through times of crisis, challenge, change is crucial to maintaining and building a strong brand and protecting the essence of who you are and what is important for you. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. Now, if you need more reasons why you need to stop people-pleasing, one of the biggest things is that you waste so much time, so much precious time that you will never get back. You are always thinking about others. And you might be thinking, yeah, but I like to do that. I like putting others before myself. But you can't do that all the time. And you can't, and by doing that, you can't expect to operate personally and professionally at a high level. Constantly giving to others and not filling your energy levels or filling your cup is the road that will lead to burnout. So if you want to go down that track, keep doing it. If you want to avoid burnout, then this is your fork in the road and you can choose your direction. Because what I'm going to give you now is three tips to how you can stop being a people pleaser and start to get really clear on who you are and what you stand for and to really build a strong and consistent personal brand or leadership brand. They're the same thing. It depends how you want to relate to them. And as I said, the importance of that is that it really helps you to teach people how to be with you and how you need to support yourself in the first instance. So now my first tip is a big tip and it's to be a leader of self. Now that is a big statement and if you have been listening into my podcast or are familiar with my work then you will know that I believe you cannot lead others unless you are a leader of yourself first. Now, this extends across your personal life, especially as parents, because this is one of the biggest leadership roles that you will play. But of course, it also extends across your professional life as well. And what this comes down to is getting really, really clear on your priorities and your values. And this is what I'm working with many of my mentoring clients on right now. It is a real transition in mindset and one that deserves a lot of deep thought. So ask yourself these three questions. What is important to you? 
What are the priorities that you want to have in place that are going to support you? Is it around your health? Is it around your wealth? Is it around exercise? Is it around sleep? What are the priorities that you need to have in place to support you? The second thing is what won't you compromise? What are those key things that you will not compromise in your life? You know, there are times when we do have to make compromise in our life. And I find that when we consciously understand what we are compromising in our life, we can make much better decisions, much more empowered decisions. So what are the things that you won't compromise? Because then that is going to allow you to understand what you can compromise. And the third thing is, what are your guiding lights? And these are your values. So what is your true north? What are the key things that you are going to live and operate by? So as an example, for me, I have three things. I love to work in threes. Um, So mine is respect, it's empowerment, and it's inspiration. As long as I am living true to these things, that everything I do is in line with these three values for me, I know that I am being true to myself. So what are those things for you? And I encourage you not to list more than five things. I mean, by all means, do a massive brain dump and get down the things that are, you know, really important to you, your guiding lights, and then narrow them down to the top three or five things that are really, really important to you. Tip number two is that self-care is not selfish. Now, this is something that many people struggle with, especially women. And again, especially mums, taking time for themselves, even if it's to do nothing. They seem to attach so much guilt to that. It's like, I should be doing for others. I should be doing for the kids. I should be doing for my husband. I should be doing washing. I should be doing blah, blah, blah. List goes on. But you have to look after yourself first. And I go back to that very easy analogy of when you're on an airplane and they say to you, to fit your oxygen mask first if something happens to that plane because if you don't have oxygen, you are no use to anyone else. So the same principle applies to your life. If you have no energy, you're no use to others and especially to yourself. If you have no love for you, how can you teach others to love themselves? People learn through behavior. People learn through watching you and what you do in your life and also in your career, in your leadership. This is how we role model for others. And this is a way that your children are going to learn from you. It's seeing what you do and how you treat you, not filling your cup. You will then have limited resources to fill others. And over time, yours will be empty. And as I mentioned before, that is the road to burnout. Investing time into you allows you to be a better leader. It allows you to be kinder. It allows you to be more gracious. It allows you to be more energetic. It allows you to be more magnetic and confident. It just enables you to feel good. And that feeling good, that feeling happy, you know, that permeates through you and, you know, 
there are real significant benefits from feeling that happiness, from having that happy heart. There's significant health benefits, but it also extends to others as well. You know, it's quite contagious. So investing time into self-care, into having that bath, into going for that walk, even if it's really hard at the start, building up those habits for yourself is going to be so beneficial and so rewarding for you. The third point is to turn the yes into a gradual no. And when I speak to people pleasers about this one, this is where their blood turns to ice, their face goes pale and their eyes widen. And it's like, you actually want me to say the word no, like like say it to someone, like say it to my boss or say it to, you know, my parents or whoever that might be. Years ago now, I went to a business breakfast and I saw Naomi Simpson speak from Red Balloon and she shared something in her talk that really impacted me and actually I found quite life-changing and it was something as simple as this, that no is a statement. Those two letters that make up a very simple word of no is a statement. And you can use that. You can empower yourself to use that word to make really strong decisions and empowered decisions for you. And it's not attaching convoluted excuses onto the end of that no. It's not making up reasons as to why you can't do it. It's just saying, no, I'm sorry, but I'm unable to do that. Or no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Or just no, I can't do that. Now, I know a lot of people struggle with saying no in professional situations and particularly saying it to their manager, leader or boss, however you want to explain that. So what I share with people is, you know, when their work is piling high and they're starting to feel incredibly overwhelmed, feeling like they can't get through their workload, I encourage them not to say the word no because, you know, a leader, a boss, whoever doesn't necessarily want to hear that word. They want to hear the solutions and that things can be done. So I encourage people to go down this track. Yes, I can do this, but I need to sit down with you and understand how I can prioritize my workload. I can get this done, but I've got other priorities. So can I work out with you? what I need to get done first, second, and third, so that I'm meeting your expectations. And people who have adopted this into their working life have found that this works incredibly well. And I get it and I've been there. You know, saying no at work can be really, really hard. But when others are delegating to you constantly, and not always your boss, your work is polled high while others are leaving on time. You know, in your personal life, you might be looking after other people's kids while they're off doing what they want to do. You know, saying yes so others can have their needs met whilst compromising your own needs, you know, becomes a problem in the long run. So saying no is not easy, but it's so very worth it. You know, and as I shared in my examples before, you can soften the no, but ultimately, You are wanting to get across that very determined and strong and stable no. 
that you can't do that. Even if your hands are shaking and your heart is racing. And as I said, it's not easy, but it's so, so worth it. So those three tips of, you know, be a leader of self, investing time in self-care and saying that, you know, turning that yes into a gradual no, I hope is going to help you turn around your people leadership, uh, people pleasing strategy into one of being a strong self-leader. So I trust that this helps you and that you can see that a simple shift in mindset, you will be able to turn your people-pleasing tendencies around and to be a leader of self. If this resonated with you and you would like support with this, please reach out as I have a few mentoring spots available. But if you have identified that this may support someone in, in your world, please please share it with them. And I hope they get some really valuable tips from that. And another thing, if you are feeling incredibly generous today, I would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. This really helps and enable the podcast to reach lots more people. And I would appreciate your time in doing that for me. So for now, let's live and lead intentionally and enjoy saying the magic two-letter word of no. See you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count.